0: You're listening to the struck podcast i'm dan Blewett. i'm alan hall and here on struck we talk about everything aviation aerospace engineering and lightning protection all right welcome back we've got another great episode of struck actually a special episode today um so alan we've got another um, really good segment with uh dr anna vukovic out of the george green uh, center for electric magnetics research out of the university of nottingham yeah. And uh, what are we what are we talking about today? We're talking about a paper that
1: is being published this summer that they at University of Nottingham have put together, which looks at the performance of radomes installed sort of on aircraft with the lightning protection on the radome. And so usually when we model radomes we're just looking at the RF performance of itself of the radome basically the thickness and the dielectric constant of the radome and whatever the antenna is behind it that's basically the 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 basics of trying to get an antenna pattern out of that because you can model the antenna you can model the radome and you can kind of combine the two together to simulate what that would look like rf wise the real key to the University of Nottingham's approach is that they can actually install lightning protection on the radome, which is the next level up uh, because the RF performance of the radome is not just of the radome itself but everything else that's on it, including paint coatings and diverter strips and whatever else is going to be on the radome erosion boots, things of that sort that's been very difficult to model in the past, but Nottingham has broken through that barrier and is able to not only simulate um, the effects of diverter strips, but like accurately do it. So their, their modeling has very, really, really capable meshing of small objects, but it also uh, does larger object too. So you can get to the fine detail of a diverter strip, like a segmented diverter strip, like strike tape on top of a larger radome, like on an Airbus A380 radome and get performance numbers, which is unheard of.
0: So this paper, uh, Impact of In-Situ Radom Lightning Diverter Strips on Antenna Performance, was uh, written by uh, Dr. Ana Vukovic, uh Dr. Philip Sewell, and Dr. Trevor Benson. So, I mean, a pretty impressive group. I mean, what they're doing with computer modeling is, is pretty special.
1: It's way off the charts special right now. This is sort of your dream as an RF designer to have this kind of capability at your fingertips. And we really haven't had that much power to do things like this without having essentially a supercomputer. Now, because of the way that uh, Nottingham is broken up their mesh and able to handle some of those more discrete problems, now we have the capability of actually modeling an antenna and a radome in, in an aircraft without having all the pieces there. So we don't have to build it and test it. We just model it, try it, and if we don't like it, adjust it, and that's the way it should be. So big improvement on uh, reducing costs and producibility issues and all those other things that come with making aircraft parts are gonna be um, greatly impacted by this paper.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, especially in today's, you know, uh, not just economic condition, but, you know, with COVID-19, with all of this Mm. stuff, being yeah. able to test things in a in a lab in a day instead of having to build physical parts and put them on a plane and get people in it and gas it up and go, I mean, that seems like just yeah. a huge, a huge time and cost savings and just logistical savings with just everything that's been going on in the world. So, good, I think yeah, good the, the, timing for it as well.
1: It's great timing, and there's a small cottage industry of in, in the aircraft world of testing RF testing of nose radomes, which is where this paper is is discussing in particular. There's, there are a limited number of sites around the world in which they have an antenna range, and those antenna ranges are expensive, millions of dollars, mm-hmm. and to actually get time on them is not easy either. So you have to actually make the part, shift the part to the lab, uh, get it up on the range, test it, tweak it, test it, tweak it. It's like this iterative process, which is expensive as all get out. And now we can do that computationally for much less cost. and. Thank goodness we're, we're finally getting to the point of doing this.
0: Yeah, well, um, we're going to jump to the segment with Dr. Anna Vukovic on the impact of uh, in-situ radome lightning diverter strips on antenna performance. So,
1: Anna, one of the th- more complex problems there are in the world today is trying to model antennas under radomes. And you've recently published a paper uh discussing how your modeling can produce very accurate results uh of a radome and antenna and even including lightning protection on the radome can you explain how that all works
2: so we know that lightning protection is critical for aircraft Um, and usually lightning protection is placed on the nose of the radome where uh, the um, which is the most sensitive region uh, for the lightning strike. However, this um, well, what we don't know is how this lightning protection, which is metallic, will affect antenna. And we know that any metallic structures, when it's put into near field of antenna, will somehow affect the antenna performance. So, previously, we have just modeled impact of radon, uh, simple radon with no protection on antenna. And um, in this next step, we are now including diverters on the on the uh, radon nose, metallic or segmented diverters, um, Alan, like you like you invented uh, and prototyped. So uh, in fact, I was looking at your prototype on Google uh, to uh, find out some dimensions. <laughs> so so yes, yeah, so we have, uh, for example, I think um, uh, our overall radon diameter was one meter, uh, and segmented diverter strips had five millimeter radius we had a very complicated antenna which is vivaldi antenna at the bottom uh, uh, which will uh, which operated at three gigahertz uh, so all this um was uh the subject of the paper how the diverter strips affect the uh, performance of antenna so
1: um so you actually did is you did a com- comparison between no lightning protection which all aircraft yes. still implement to metal bar or what we call hard bars sometimes just metal bars which you see on a like an airbus or a a320 or a boeing 737 and then to the segment of diverters which you see in more modern aircraft you saw differences between those three configurations in terms of the rf pattern can yeah. you explain that a little bit
2: we saw differences and uh, initially um we looked at so metallic strip is just simple metallic um Um, of of certain thickness, of certain width. However, segmented diverter strips have um, uh, different parameters, Um, uh, spacing between metallic segments, uh, size of the segments, uh, length of the segments, and so on. So what we observed is, as you reduce the uh, spacing between metallic segments, um, uh, the the lightning protection becomes more visible to antenna and interferes with antenna pattern more. Before I was um, writing the paper, before I wrote the paper, I did lots of research on what other people have found out. And uh, predominantly, people were reporting that segmented diverter strips have no effect on antenna, that metallic metallic, uh, uh, diverters have some, but segmented not unless there is a lightning channel. Now, what we find is that, again, it depends on the structure of lightning diverter strip, uh, segmented diverter strip, Uh, some um, diverter strips where uh, gaps between segments are uh, much bigger, and bigger uh, meaning more than one millimeter bigger, um, are more invisible to antenna. However, as you reduce the the gap to 0.3 millimeters, which is uh, what is in in practice, if if I'm I'm not wrong, uh, then it becomes much more visible. It's not huge impact, but it's more than nothing
1: right yeah as, as the each of the metal segments gets closer together they become sort of capacitively coupled together and then rf wise yes. you can start to yeah. see them and that's why we always encourage uh customers to to we provide a lot of samples, try the product out, see which one works. We diff- offer different varieties of button sizes and gap spacing so that it, it works for their particular application. Now the the difficulty yeah. has been in modeling that is because the of diverter structure is relatively small compared to the size of the radome. So uh, like a 737 radome is big. It's, it's, you know, meter plus yes. diameter and the of diverter, the segments are very, very small. So, You've been really the first group that I've ever seen uh, to do something really accurate computationally, even to get the antenna patterns, which you don't see a lot of computationally with a radome. So you did the radome plus the lightning protection on it to really get accurate antenna patterns. That's unusual because the, the, the industry right now spends a lot of money and uh, millions of dollars of uh and equipment and technology and parts to verify the performance of something you can do on a computer right now which is un- unbelievable yeah. uh so how how accurate do you think this model can get uh is it just a, a matter of just knowing all the parameters here because you have the accuracy already to, to 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 model it or is it more technology needed going forward what what are your thoughts there
2: I think that the reason there aren't any um, sort of reported results on this is because it's very difficult to create geometry of lightning uh, diverter strip on radum. Because lightning diverter strip is designed in a flat, um, as a flat component, and radom is curved. So just simply using Boolean uh, geometry to attach um, um diverter strip on a doubly curved surface is very difficult without creating small segments. Now, this is where uh, we have our own angle. We uh, use um, sort of some um, uh, progress from computer graphics to morph um, diverters on the radium surface. That is the first step that enabled us to consider Um, segmented diverter strips on the radium surface and and then next step is meshing it efficiently and and sort of clustering small cells that come out of especially of that from the join of the diverter strips to the radom.
1: yeah yeah the way even it terminates i know one of the issues that a lot of our customers have on on those radoms is how things are grounded and where in particular you know you're going to need a certain amount of diverter strips for lightning protection. Let's just get that out there. The question yeah. is, where do you put those diverter strips on the radome so you impact the RF performance the least, right? And right now, there's only really one way to do that: is to physically go out and put the antenna and a radome up on, a, on an antenna range, do all the measurements. And there's actually a an RTCA document, RTCA do. Uh, 213 now it's in it rev a uh, to do that so there's actually a whole industry set up to go do that you can do that now without and this dan gets back to the all the sort of the hit and miss approach to how we design mm-hmm. anything aerospace so what we would normally do is just <laughs> take some metal tape out take the radome, run some antenna patterns, put it where we think the diverters ought to go, and then say, yeah, I know, move it here, move it there. So it's this, this real iterative process. What Anna's talking about is she can model that now. And we can do it on a computer. We don't actually have to build the article first. We can actually build
0: oh. build it computationally. So this is the pattern where you want them, how long you want them, all that stuff. Right around it,
1: where you want them, how long gotcha. they are, where they want to be, and it, literally an inch or two either direction on where you locate a diverter can have a big impact on the RF performance. And honest paper shows that where you put the diverters matters.
2: Yeah, and um, it also depends on on the type of diverter. If the diverter has bigger spacing between segments, maybe you can put more diverters for better protection because it, interfer- it interferes less with antenna. We did look at all the all the parameters: how the length, the spacing between the diverters, spacing between metallic segments. We looked at the, we, we explored the whole range of parameters, and we made some uh, I, I think quite different conclusions from what we found in in literature to date.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's definitely different. Now, where can people find this paper? Where is it going to be published at? I know we're coming out of the COVID-19. So, where 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 can people find this paper?
2: So, this paper is coming in uh, IEEE Transactions Antenna and Propagation and is in print at the moment. So, will be next month or month after, uh, very very soon.
0: All right. Well, that's it for our episode here today with uh, Dr. Anna Vukovic. So, if you want to follow up with her and her team, uh, you can find them again at the George Green Center for Electric Magnetics Research uh, on the web. And then obviously you can email her directly. So we're going to put her contact information and website links to uh, to her and her team in the show notes or in the description here on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, wherever you're listening. And uh, thanks again for being here on the Struck Podcast, and we'll see you next time. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for listening. And please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out the Weather Guard Lightning Tech YouTube channel for video episodes, full interviews and short clips from the show. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is at WG Lightning. Tune in next Tuesday for another great episode on aviation, aerospace engineering and lightning protection.